Gab and Girl Time contains explicit sexually mature themes and is intended for a mature audience. The opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of any platforms, sponsors, or social media. guest mode today yeah, we're excited thank you we haven't had a guest in a long time yes you want to introduce our guest our guest is one of the proprietors of born this way tattoo art shop everything <laughs> in between born this way body arts born this boing boing this way body arts you know what's funny is we can misspell it on um, printing labels. Sometimes it's born this way body parts. Sometimes it's born this way body farts. <laughs> Just depending on how uh, spell check read. Yeah. yeah. That's it for you. That's uh, so annoying. Please welcome April Thomas. Hello. Real estate Hi. mogul. Queer. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love listening to your podcast. And I have to say, when I got into your podcast was when you had um, Rhoda and Anna and Eric on. And oh, you yeah. all were talking about the prison letters. And I was soaking <laughs> in the bathtub listening to your podcast. And I was eating snacks. And I was like so high just enjoying you guys talking about the prison letters was for an hour. I was just like soaking in the tub listening to this prison letter saga and I was fascinated by it. I'm so. thinking about going back and revisiting Since that. then I've been hooked. Like hooked. Oh, I love that. Thank you. That's Thank you. you must have been in New Zealand in the bathtub while you were watching <laughs> and that's how we got our status in New Zealand for our sex positive podcast i love that all right so who is april thomas i have a lot of identities that's the weird thing i have my hands in a lot of things so i wear a lot of different hats um i really just love community and i love businesses of all kinds so i love doing commercial photography i want to get into commercial real estate and i own a business myself so all of that is tell me you're a pisces without Telling me you're a Pisces. <laughs> no, that's Are funny. you actually there? I'm an Aries. Uh, Aries? Oh my gosh. How? <laughs> I'm an Aries. So you have well, to have a moon or a rising somewhere. I have somewhere a Capricorn rising. In the so water. A, wow. The, the business entrepreneur side is my Capricorn. Gotcha. Rising. Nice. <laughs> nice. Aquarius moon. So I always have to make my own way and do things my own route. That is wild. There you go. Look at you. <laughs> well, one of the things I have my hands in, um, I do some workshops and retreat um, events with Ashmac, and you all okay. have had Ashmac on before. Yes. yes. So that we if you start her. in the astrology conversation, we can have that. Here we are. There we are. <laughs> I love that. It sounds like, I mean, you just do have a lot going on, which tends to be a trait of a water and an air sign. <laughs> so. There you go. Um, I have my Venus is Pisces, so I guess that's how I show love. Is the same yeah. way Pisces shows love. You freak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
Anyway, we're just going to have a weird Yeah, just give me my rundown real quick. So I am a Scorpio, Mm -hmm. but I am a Taurus moon and rising. feel that for you. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what any of that means, but. So your Taurus moon, I would say a few traits of that. You enjoy life's finer things. You probably have silky sheets at home. This is true. I do have because you spend one third of your life in bed. Listen, that is your that's a trait of your moon sign. Mm -hmm. I have bought two hundred dollar sheets before Mm -hmm. just for that purpose. Yes. How did I know that? Yeah. Astrology is really Yes, cool. it is. Very real. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I bet because of your Scorpio, I bet you're a, a receipt saver too. Like you've got screenshots out the ass. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I just She's made one a returner as well. She'll return it in a minute. Like, you know, she is just like, boom. Yes. <laughs> she will let you know. She's got an inner Karen that she doesn't want anybody to know about. Well, I mean, I've kept <laughs> I've kept the Karen in for many, many, Don't many years. I think every first of woman all, has Karen's getting Karen. a bad rap because Karen got shit done. I concur. It's it's the crazy people, and I think they're more like a Carol, you know, not really a Karen, <laughs> but because the Carol Brady people are like, oh well, we like them, and so some <laughs> Karen was awful, and yes. But I think made a bad name for every other Karen. For women getting it done, yeah, they did. So I feel kind of bad. We need to change that needs. name. There shouldn't be anything wrong with standing up and communicating Debbie your is needs. the new name. I think it should be or a Brenda or a Linda. Linda. Linda Linda's should be the sure. new Karen. I like mm-hmm. the Linda. Well, Lindas that. are cool though sometimes, yeah. but Lindas are fun. we need an uncool <laughs> Debbie. Maybe I don't know Donna. No, Donna's are cool too. I know every name it we sucks come up with. I, like, know I know cool, cool people. people. <laughs> <laughs> right? I just don't hang out with terrible people. But yeah, we need the inner Karen to get things done. It's Brittany. That's you what get it is. things done. It's, it's really gonna be Jennifer. Gets a you bad know it. And too. Gail. Gail's gonna be the new awful one. I'm sad about it. Don't be an April. <laughs> See, doesn't sound right. All the Aprils I know though are go getters. Do you think it's because you're named that way and you had to put up with dumbass jokes your whole life? Listen, if that ain't the <laughs> truth, if it started as April O'Neil because I was in that Ninja Turtle era. Mm-hmm. So I was April O'Neil through all the things. And it sucked because I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. And I always got stuck in the April role. And yes. Like, uh, I learned very early on how I was getting pigeonholed because of my gender. <laughs> yes, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, I get the April. Were you born in April? Mm-hmm. And I May. wasn't. I was born March 27th. Was I your middle name May? April, May. Yeah, I get a lot mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Ugh. My friend April was also born in March, the 15th. But um, yeah, she the got Ides a lot of, of stupid stuff. Well, it's Ides of March, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, nobody <laughs> equated the birthday with anything. She just got like, you know, March, April, May, whatever, stupid. Stupid stuff. I felt bad for her. I dated a guy once who had a friend that was dating a girl named May. And so it was really funny. She was Chinese, so her name was M-E-I. Right. So she, we, it, they were always joking that they had April and May in the house. Mm-hmm. And then, then it never, then it really didn't go away. Yes. <laughs> we were getting April and May jokes constantly. 
Mm, I can imagine. Speaking of gender, one thing that I really have noticed about you and really, really enjoy is your affection for tailored suits. Oh, yes. (laughs) You look so fucking hot. Can we talk about my affection for tailored suits? Yes, please. I'm into it. So here's something in fashion I'm trying to bring back, and there's somebody else in the community also trying to bring back capes. I want yes. to bring back the cape. I have a cape. Let me guess who the cape, the cape person. Siren. It is. <laughs> so I tried to bring the cape back, and then I saw that she was wearing capes, and I'm like, oh, this is going to actually happen. If all these icons are rocking capes, you have a cape too? That doesn't surprise me. I do have a cape. <laughs> I, have yes. I used to wear suits all the time do. as well. And I love that Torrid right now has some very cool mm. shiny pants and shirts that would make good suits. I did anyway. a photo shoot on Sunday for real estate things, and mm-hmm. I I did a blazer that has a cape built mm-hmm. in. Oh yeah, so can't nice. Wait to release those photos. Mm-hmm. Very cool, boss bitch. You make me want to buy a suit for a number that I'm working on that is tailored to me. I think yeah. that I could really yeah, rock. Just buy a box that. and then have it tailored. It's the yeah, most yeah. affirming thing, at least for me, trying to be a woman in our society and in business. You don't always, I get pretty privileged a lot and sometimes that comes with its own downfalls too. And so I have to like look a little bit more of the part. Sometimes I want to be taken seriously at the man's table. So I just start dressing like a man. And let's talk about that for a minute. <laughs> um, it worked all through the eighties. I got to tell you, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I came across this 1923 gangster picture of this woman who was wearing a suit in Mm -hmm. Paris and she got fined for wearing pants and she did it anyway and she continued to pay the fine. She had the money. She was wealthy, Mm -hmm. but she's this like wealthy gangster boss lady wearing the suit. And I was so inspired. So I'm like 1920s gangster bitch is my new MO. Well, (laughs) you know, um, Hillary, started wearing her pantsuits because of the fact that media they took pictures of her sitting you know and because it wasn't modest in her skirt or they made a thing about it so that's why she started wearing pantsuits now i'm sad that she had to dress like kim jong-yong for whatever reason (laughs) through her whole entire uh bid for the presidency Aww, i wish yeah. she'd have tailored a pantsuit here or there but i get it you know but that's why she started wearing pantsuits it's not like oh i want to wear the pants in the family or whatever right. it was because the media literally made her and i'm not a fan of hillary personally you know or whatever but that's just me whatever but i um you have to respect the game regardless right right and it sucks that she had to deal with that you know so you got to call the mm-hmm. call it out, even when you don't like people. It's still if they're not, you know. I mean, was that necessary? Well, so <laughs> I mean, thing, to drag her through the. The other mud. thing I love about wearing <laughs> pantsuits is it's kind of like in my studio. I try to tell everybody that I want their personal style elevated, mm-hmm. and I don't want to dictate a dress code specifically, mm-hmm. but I want everybody to elevate their look and to show that no matter what type of. Um, presentation you want to have you can still do that and so for me like when I say elevated I don't necessarily expect everybody to dress like in a suit or in a dress or in a skirt but like I can still come to work in a suit and show like I'm not wearing a dress I don't have to be girly girl to be elevated still correct put it 
if it's all put together, mm-hmm. it's, it's fine. The three-piece suit is where it's at. It's yes. not just having the blazer and yes. the pants that match, but having a vest involved. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, <laughs> I I love that look in the eighty in in the eighties, very andro- androgynous, but also business. Mm-hmm. But it would make them crazy when you wore pants. Like I wore pants all the time, but mm-hmm. I wore a tuxedo to a Mardi Gras ball one year just because. I yes. was like, I don't want to deal with the dresses, with everything. So, weirdness. Love it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my friend Dolly. <laughs> the ones I have right now are mostly wool and velvet, so they're very winter heavy. I need to get some good summery things. I yes. just bought um, a pant and shirt combo when I was in Provincetown. And it was it's this company that basically runs fabric until it's gone and they have numbered pieces. So I love that about it. They're kind of collector pieces. So nice. I got a top and bottom that match, but it's not quite the same as having three pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just something so hot about a woman in a suit. Mm-hmm. So I like to hot. wear a tie and suspenders. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Anyone in a suit, I think, really. But yeah. that's Yeah. If it's a well fit and suit. Ugly boys can look good too. Tailored anything. If it's tailored <laughs> correctly, I think it just really elevates anything. I think we've talked about how us having a suit fetish before. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I can join in that. I yes. can join in that. that Come in our suit fetish club. Mm-hmm. That's definitely on the <laughs> list of likings. I want you to bring shoulder pads back too in the suits as well. Uh huh. I wear some shoulder pads and a few of my mm-hmm. blazers. I will absolutely. I miss. I used to have a closet full of blazers. Now I don't. I do have a closet. I have a dressing room. I do, and I cannot wait. <laughs> and when uh, I got rid of a bunch of Bill's mother's clothes, but man, she had the suits. It just wouldn't fit me. So, if anybody has been shopping at Amvets, there are a lot of they nice, good suits. actual suits put Amvets together is there. One of my favorite places to get resold because they're not religiously affiliated. Mm-hmm. So I love that there's no circumstance you have to meet in order to buy or get benefits from them. Just right, vet, and they support veterans. They and they directly support veterans. Yes, that's what I like. Their and mission statements discounts. on the door I mean or on the wall so you know and his mother was military she was a lieutenant you know in the 50s 60s 60s so back when it wasn't really happening I mean she was a nurse and it was wild she gave up her rank to actually marry his father and um what was cool though she passed last year and they gave her the full military honors burial perfect even though they didn't need to yeah. because um, she had, you know, given up her rank or whatever. And she was being buried with him and a lower rate. But they were like, nope, Aww. we're doing it. She is, you know. Does she have a flag from it? They, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Flag oh, yeah. We have a flag. Mm-hmm. The of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, I love that. were you in the military? Yeah. That's six, what. Yeah. And a half years Air Force. So it's six and a half because I had a six year contract, but I was up for Airman of the Year. And I got an Air Force Achievement Medal that year, and I extended till I got the awards, yeah. and then I bounced. <laughs> nice. So, yep, I okay, so medal. let's start at the beginning. Where are you from? And yeah. <laughs> I'm from Illinois originally, so I grew uh, up in the cornfields. Where? Like, uh, Peoria, Illinois. Pekin, I'm from actually. Mount Morris, Illinois, wow. originally. Okay, That's okay. Where I'm 
I was so you born. know in the Midwest, my first job was detasseling corn. Yes, at we. 13. I mean, they had you doing that back in my day. Mm-hmm. I was younger, and they didn't have like big, huge labor laws. And yep, yes, they did yeah, not. Yeah, I did. I <laughs> we taught were corn. corn. We were like eight. Burn. It was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I was probably eight when I did it. But I had a brother five years older, and I honestly think that's why is because we had older mm-hmm. kids doing it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got. Taken back in the back. very first experience mm-hmm. into employment. Yes, <laughs> and it was also when I realized like I don't want this for my life forever, but I want my own money. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that was my first job. And then everybody that's from the cornfields in Illinois that wants to be somebody moves to the city. So I moved to Chicago in my young adulthood because that's what you do <laughs> if you don't want to be destined to the cornfields you move to anybody around there moves to Chicago so I lived there for a little while and then I moved to Knoxville 14 years ago okay and what brought you here oh that's a whole story in itself so um in Chicago I was working as a commercial photographer's retoucher and I had a lot of different clients all over the country one of my um relationships was with a photographer in Knoxville Tennessee and he reached out to him actually he was looking for somebody full-time he was asking if I knew anybody in the area um, that he could possibly hire so that he didn't have to keep farming stuff out to me and I was like well actually I'm looking to get out of the city because it's expensive to live there and Mm -hmm. at some point you grow up and you realize this is really fun for a while as a youth but I can't raise a family here I wouldn't be able to retire here I couldn't see myself owning a business there let alone paying for property taxes you know Chicago is not a place that a 22 year old feels like they have a future really Mm -hmm. it's it's difficult so um, I took this job in commercial photography working under this commercial photographer and it was an amazing opportunity I learned a ton about entrepreneurship from him I learned a ton about life just being just living with an attitude of gratitude and um, going into every situation, being the hardest worker in the room. He taught me a lot about those things. He was in a weird way, like a business father to me. I got, I I took that job just to learn from him and um, it was great. I had some really cool opportunities. I went to Alaska and we photographed oil rigs and we did all kinds of cool stuff working for him. And then during that time, I also opened Born This Way Body Art. So eventually I had to transition and get into running the studio because it needed me. <laughs> well, how did that come about? Was it for your your love of tattoos? Well, okay. So <laughs> there's a backstory there too. <laughs> My partner in Chicago, um, he was a piercer. And so I was learning from him a little bit because I was documenting his piercing. So was the commercial photography in me, I was photographing all of his piercings and I was present enough for enough things that I realized I really liked it. And I wanted to learn how to do it. He was managing... Um, a piercing and tattoo studio there we both moved from Chicago to here together so I was still doing commercial photography I had the job and he had the know-how but didn't we didn't have a job lined up for him so he actually worked at another place in town for a little while then we transitioned out of that and realized we needed to open our own thing so I took my retail experience my entrepreneurship knowledge my marketing experience that I was getting working in the commercial world I took all that and coupled it with his technical experience. He apprenticed me. I learned the, the industry knowledge so we could be safe. And then outside of that, it, that's the rest is history. Okay. <laughs> we grew it from the ground up. And you were at a, you were at one other location before you were at your r- most recent location. Mm-hmm. 
there. Yeah. So we've had two shops. We had a shop on Middlebrook Pike for nine years and we opened a second location on Kingston Pike. We bought a building and we opened a shop there. So then COVID happened um, a couple of years later. And then we decided during the shutdown that we were going to, our lease was up and we decided to exit our lease at the lease location and just move our whole staff to the one that we owned. So currently we just have our shop on Kingston Pike, just one location, but we have been fully staffed and at maximum capacity for a while. Our books are full. We are ready to expand again. So I'm. Don't you want to buy a bigger shop and let me have your <laughs> shop for a hair salon? <laughs> we need a hair salon so bad. Listen, I am in the market <laughs> for commercial real estate. There's just not a lot. Now out stop. There. No, she's terrible. helping me first. <laughs> I, she, all she has to do is help find a building. That's it. Listen, there's not a lot of buildings out there. We know. Are, there's not a lot of great retail space. I'm in Rosie's old space. building, which is terrible, but I mean, it's plumbed mm-hmm. for whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I've got my Scarlet, eye out for everybody. I've got a lot of business yeah. models. Has Scarlett been things? like, find me a salon? Because that's really <laughs> who. I don't want to run it. I just want to rent a booth from Scarlett, but I, we need to be in a different building. <laughs> Well, I've got my eyes peeled for all kinds of things. Nice. We need we need a lot of things in Knoxville. We're growing so rapidly. I think we need more community spaces. Yes. We need more performance spaces. I would love we for definitely us to have a dinner more. theater. I mean, there's a lot of need um, for more than just bars. Yes. And I mean, there's a big restaurant community here, but there's still a few niches we haven't filled. There are not a lot of great vegan restaurants. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, there's the ethnic food. We have some corners that are filled but we have some other corners that are untapped like we don't have like a good cuban restaurant for example yes or, we need a good cuban you know, there, there's a few there's a few mm-hmm. things that our community still needs and i hope listeners get some entrepreneur ideas and go out there and yes do. but real estate is the first thing that has to happen you can't mm-hmm. open a business without a place to open it in yeah no one wants to let it go but it's like if you would at least do a reasonable lease where a business could thrive you know like and isn't it better to do that rather than it to sit empty? You would think. You would think, but no, they can. How are they it making off money? as a loss? They're not. They are or, writing. They are writing some of it off. But I'll say this: there are <laughs> contracts in place that sometimes you don't know about. For example, yes. there's a place on Kingston Pike just a few doors down from my existing building that I'm looking at. I wanted to purchase the building. It's been sitting empty for months, so I thought I might have some leverage there. I called the agent. I spoke to him on the phone. He said. Well, T-Mobile has st- is still in a lease. So even though they've been out of there for months, they're still paying. So the owners aren't in a rush to rent it or sell it. Yeah, they're just they're making just them gonna... pe- buy out their lease. Mm-hmm. So the lease is still being paid. Because they I... did a long-term lease, probably. Mm-hmm. And it was more advantageous for them to just pay the lease and get out than pay overhead, pay employees, yes. pay for heating and air mm-hmm. and electricity. That and sucks that. so hard. Mm-hmm. But the place will sit there empty because somebody's paying for it. Do you have advice for people like myself who have all these grandiose ideas, but little to absolutely no capital, no money to start up these ventures that we want to do? That is a really loaded question. And I hate giving blanket advice because everybody's circumstances and situation is so different. I can say that when I opened my own business with a partner, 12 years ago, we opened on very little. We didn't have a lot of money. We were actually, I'll share a little personal. We were on food stamps. We were not doing well. Like I was, we were living on just my income and it wasn't very much because I was trying to learn in my, I was kind of taking a pay cut so I could learn. I knew it would be a long-term investment. So 
we were on credit and we maxed out our credit cards just to have enough money to buy jewelry for our business to Mm -hmm. start up. And um, I've heard a lot of stories like that. I've heard of horror stories of people bouncing checks to get by or, you know, I've heard of people that are just maxing out their credit cards to start up. I would encourage everybody to explore any grants that are available. There are a lot Mm -hmm. of grants available for um, any kind of minority. So women, people of color, any kind of immigrant status, there are a lot of grants available for that. So explore any kind of government resources. Grants do not have to be paid back. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that you know. And I'm not saying it can't be done. I mean, my husband is just has opened a very thriving plumbing business with no debt Mm -hmm. and now they're just they're doing great now so I mean I know it can be done but it can be a little discouraging for people we started on nothing and we are a cash business at this point we don't take out debt uh, uh, with the exception of the building that we Mm -hmm. um we own that but we have a mortgage on it still so we we truly believe that having cash reserves is the safe is a safety net. You never know when another COVID's going to happen, and it couldn't. It's not always a COVID. It could be something as little as maybe a tornado comes through and destroys your neighborhood, or destroys a nearby neighborhood, and then the road access is changed. Things outside of your control. You never know if there's going to be a flood. You never know what kinds of. You, there could be a power outage that just happens to mm-hmm. put your business out for a couple of weeks. Having cash reserves is always a good thing. So if you don't have good at home money management skills, take classes and get those under control and make sure you have really good money management skills before you get into business because business only compounds the opportunities for growth that you might have. So mm-hmm. if you have any weaknesses in your money management, owning a business will compound that and mm-hmm. be extremely stressful if nothing else. You know, even if you manage to scrape your way it's it's very stressful at night for any kind of business owner you take everything personally and you go to sleep at night scared for where things are going to come from I love that you gave that advice because I think a lot of people don't get that you know and especially like I'm an independent contractor stylist so you have to charge for the things that you do for people unless you're doing like I mean for me a haircut is the only thing that I should be giving away because it only costs my time, mm-hmm. you know, where I am right now. But, you know, you're bad about, especially if you have a heart for community and people, mm-hmm. but because people don't understand it costs money for that product mm-hmm. for me to put that on your head. And I'm not using the stuff that you're getting at Walmart, which is still, you know, you're still a cost. You're, yeah, yeah, that's a cost. And so, I mean, there are a lot of hidden costs in business too. And that's water, electricity, yes. doing the laundry, like, yeah. yes, everything, mm-hmm. your taxes, your insurance. I mean, yes, taxes literally and is the largest portion of our budget. I mm-hmm. mean, taxes and insurance kills us. So yes, those are absolute. And nobody thinks costs. of that. Nobody thinks that if you are employing someone at I'm going to say 10 because it's a divisible number, but you're, or 20 bucks an hour, whatever. If you're employing somebody for $20 an hour, you as a business owner, it actually costs you about 2250 yeah. an hour mm-hmm. to employ that person. And that's if you're not paying for their so, health insurance. Correct. In it actually costs mm-hmm. more. I was just. Or paying for their education. Trying to think the bottom <laughs> no. basics yeah. and it's, and people don't realize that. So. Yeah, there's an additional payroll tax on every employee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So when you do things like, uh, some people 
stealing from the company is no big deal to them. You know, oh, it's just a box of paper clips. It's just a box of pens. But the thing is, is someone's paying for it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we look at that with everything that we do and people don't. So especially when you're a business owner, you know to look out for the elephants, but the mosquitoes will eat you alive. Mm -hmm. So that's the worst part. I think that's a great Mm -hmm. phrase. Um, I think that's a great phrase. You know to look for the big stuff, but it's the small stuff that you have to pay attention to. uh, More so than the big things. Mm -hmm. The small things add up. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree because payroll is a big thing. You don't have to, at least for me, I paying attention to my payroll is one thing, but if I'm in a good spot with my hiring and I've not overstaffed, that's just a flow and an investment in my business. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to stress about that. But the supply costs, those are all small, Mm -hmm. but they add up to a huge amount. So much. That little bag over there Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I've got sitting right there is a few hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. We get little boxes of jewelry in the mail and it's thousands of dollars and I get this tiny little box and I'm like shaking it like it's got crumbs in it. (laughs) Right. Yes. It's so crazy. And it's not when you talk about it, it sounds almost like when you don't have money, like you're poor mouthing, but it's like, I'm not, this is the cost of business. Right. It's not a lack mindset. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it is, for How sure many employees do you have? Um, we have a team of about 18 right now. And that includes our, in- we have independent contractors mm-hmm. and employees. So our whole team consists of about 18 people. So not only are you trying to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and grow your business, you're also, um, responsible is the wrong word, but, uh, responsible, responsible for is yeah, the right correct word. word. It's the is right it? Word. Yes, it is. it is the right word for we, the livelihoods of the eighteen people that you yes. employ. Yes, and that's its own stress, but they all do very well for themselves. And I've I have a long history with my team. I'm really proud of that. Um, in a in an area that is or an industry that's very high turnover, I have people who've worked for me for eleven out of my twelve years. I've got people that have been there. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6 years. So I'm really proud that three quarters of my team has been with me for three quarters of the time. That says mm-hmm. a lot for a business that has mm-hmm. a lot of turnover usually. So for me to be able to promise them that I will always be looking out for them, as we grow, they have seen me create jobs. And that's exactly what it is, is we don't mm-hmm. just hire a new person. It's like I have to make sure that that new person can gain the income that everybody else here is already making. So, and that requires marketing correctly, that it requires budgeting correctly, that requires correct planning. So all of that is definitely something that I think owners, it takes some trial and error. We've, we grew slowly and I'm proud of that. We grew, again, I learned a lot of nice little tricks from my old boss, but he always told me to first you learn to crawl, then you learn to walk and then you run. Mm -hmm. He's like, you, you don't go straight to running. You have to crawl first and get good at that and build your muscles when you walk. And then, so, um, we grew very slowly one person at a time. And with each employee, I was like, can I afford this? Can I make an income for this person? Am I growing at a pace that is going to sustain this person long-term? And then not only that, you have to think that each person isn't just there for that time. They are long-term. I've got people that I've had to create positions for and, and create an entire, you know, department for just so that I can employ them. So for example, Tony has been with me, um, seven years, I think six years. And 
Um, he started off as just a counter person. He was answering phones and cleaning the floors and helping do paperwork. And then now he, he's our executive assistant. He runs both of our companies. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's amazing. He's doing all the supply ordering and he manages the schedules and the staff. And, um, but I've had to kind of create that and grow with, grow with your, your team. Yeah. That's Are awesome. you a con- control type person? Do you have to be in control at all times or are you you're obviously willing to hand off hand that off to someone that you trust yeah it's a yes and no answer for me because I believe in empowering others you have to empower your people or they'll never you'll never be able to rely on them and people are also going to make mistakes and you have to empower them to do that I believe that there's no such thing as failure we either win or we learn and you have to believe that about other people too they're either going to learn or they're going to win. And I want to see everybody win. And sometimes you have to learn a few times before you win. And I know that. So I have learned over the 12 years of being a business owner to let go. In the beginning, I was very hands-on and it was all me. But it just, you have to take extreme responsibility as a business right, owner. Right, you had to. Because yes. everything is on you. Ultimately, if there's a big mistake, it's on me. Did I not train somebody correctly? Did I empower the wrong person? Ultimately, it is on me. However... Having said that, I've had to really work over the years to find a good balance and let people learn and grow and do their own thing. And being an Aries, I want to always have a little bit. They know I'm the mom, but I also let them kind of run with their own strengths. I have people that work for me that are really strong in areas I'm not strong at, and I love watching them thrive and flourish in those areas. And it's really great to have such a dynamic team that brings so much to the table. I'm super blessed, so it's easy to let go. It didn't used awesome. to be. I think my downfall would be I'm almost too charitable to default. If I have money, I just want to give it. Mm-hmm. I just want to give it away. Um, I, mine 100% is I am terrible at business. Like, I am. It's taken a lot. I've had to. I have to manage it better. <laughs> so... That's what I've done. This is why I'm okay for myself, but not responsible for more people. I'm happy to help you run your business, <laughs> you know, but I'm, you know, very full on water sign. What can I say? I can't say that I'm bad at business, but if I get just a little bit of money, then I want to help mm-hmm. someone else with yes. it. I think you mm-hmm. can be both. I think that. It's for me, um, we always have a comfortable savings for the business to, um, you know, cover emergencies or crazy things that might happen. Also, we plan for growth. So that's something else. But we are very generous within our company. All of my team makes great wages, competitive wages that they're obviously going to stick around for a long time. Um, And it's very easy for me to be generous with them. And it's also easy for me to be generous within the community. We make donations to different nonprofits Mm -hmm. and different places in the community. And it feels good to be able to do that. But you can't do that without. It's like which came first, the chicken or the egg. They really go hand in hand. You have to be a little bit hoarding in order to be generous. Like you have to be put yourself first. Yeah. And not necessarily myself as a business owner trying to pay myself first. But you have to think about the business first and how you can build yourself a comfortable egg to be able to be generous if you give out all your resources then you are just empty Mm -hmm. you can't pour from an empty cup so you have to keep filling that cup over and over and over and uh 
You said it exactly. You have to be mindful as well, Mm -hmm. because although you want to give away everything to everyone, um, people are priorities too. Like for me, I have to put my team, I I have to put them in an order of when, when the next overflow comes, where's it going? And I'm always kind of planning that way. So the next time I get a big overflow in, let's say we have a a good year at the end of the year, when I have bonus money, I think about how I'm going to distribute it. I already have that plan. So I think it's just about proper planning too. Mm -hmm. If you plan to be generous, it's very easy to be generous. If you're generous before you plan for it, then it's hard to be generous. Yeah, the generosity only lasts until your smarts (laughs) run out. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense, too. I mean, you know, you have to go, Okay, I'm going to give and I'm going to give this much. This is what I'm going to give. I'm going to even if you do it a percentage of what you have, if you go, you know what, regardless to however much 10 percent is allotted to whatever Mm -hmm. this money this going in this pot and then use that pot to give it out and then when it's done fill that back up with that 10 percent and give it out again if you have to you know something that i do at the end of the year we can look at our money and say is this money that we it was it a good year and we happen to have this extra money that is donate money if it's money that is like sustainable like it looks like we're going to have this money every year then that's employee money those are unpaid wages mm-hmm. so then that money goes to my team you know what i mean so it's like we balance between donations and also just giving my team raises cuz you got to look at your team if if your team is looking at you and saying oh it looks like you can afford to donate $30,000 at a Tennessee theater but you haven't given me a raise in 2 years they're going to start looking at you funny but if i've given all my employees raises and they're all feeling comfortable and like they're all in a good place because what i'm paying them is it to the profitability of my business, then I can say, well, we happen to have a good month or we happen to have a really good year. I don't know that this is going to continue. It was a fluke post COVID or right. a great holiday or whatever. The economy is whatever. We can say this is a nice little bonus. Let's all donate to the animal shelter. And keeping mm-hmm. an eye mm-hmm. on that. That's what I hear you saying as well. Keeping up with your numbers, keeping yeah. up with, I'm a numbers you know, the inventory, the things that, you know, business take care of your business Mm. first if you're not a numbers person i think it's good to admit that that you may being a business owner you almost have to be a numbers person it's a requirement there are ways to be a good technician at whatever you are in your industry Mm -hmm. and being a business owner is not necessarily for you if you're an amazing i see it in my industry i see it in other industries people assume that the next step after being a good technician is being a business owner but that's not the case it's a completely different skill set and it's a completely different um career in my opinion yes and if you know this then you know you know this this is i would have to hire immediately i would have to have a business partner in order to have my own salon like I haven't had that desire because I know what it entails Mm -hmm. to run the business Mm -hmm. and then I would have it would have to be somebody that you could trust so well Mm -hmm. it's not going to rip you off who are you going to get to trust yeah like that I mean 
like it's just wild. So business partnerships are wild relationships. In yes, general. they I are. Have a business partnership. Um, I have a couple of different business partners in different areas. And in Born This Way, I have a business partner and he and I work amazingly together when mm-hmm. it comes to the, when it comes to budgeting and numbers. We're always on the same page and we always agree. We're both very conservative when it comes to our spending and we're good with our budgeting like that. We're always on the same page and I could not be more thankful yes. because having a business partner that you are always at odds with is and that would be a nightmare and we have our specialties like Brian has his area of expertise and I have my area of expertise we both stay out of each other's way for the most part mm-hmm. and then every now and then when we need somebody to lean on we can lean on each other and we have a great relationship with with that but I have seen other business partnerships dissolve entire friendships because they can't work through their differences. So if you can't communicate your needs and work together, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's important that business partnerships, everybody knows their area and stays in their lane. Yeah. I believe that too. And you have to put a lot of trust in people and and work that out ahead of time. Yeah. You know, absolutely. As well. Make sure that you understand your roles and that y'all are good with it. And you know, And it comes with a lot of specialty character traits. To work well in any kind of partnership like that, you have to have character traits of being patient with another person. Mm -hmm. You have to be uh, a good listener and you have to be a good communicator because if you don't have those traits, your partnership isn't going to go well, especially when it comes to such important things. I mean, finances can make or break a person. They're hard to talk about, too. mm -hmm. People would rather talk to you about their sex life than they do how much money they have in the bank. They it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. <laughs> you have to have a lot of trust and faith. And I think that again, even with my managers, they all have strengths and I know where I can empower them and trust them. It's same with my business partner. There are spots where I have to support him. Even if I know he's fucking up or making a mistake, mm-hmm. I still have to be like, you're my partner. So I support you in this. If, if this is what you're after and what you want to do, I'll let you do it. And if it doesn't work out, then we're going to plan B, which is my plan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See, there you go. And then, you know, the, how lucky for them they have a safety net mm-hmm. both of you yeah in yeah. each other so that's yeah that's pretty awesome so if you're not good with numbers get a business partner that you can trust that is mm-hmm. just have a good team accountants <laughs> accountants are important yes too. accountants can save your ass so mm-hmm. have a good one yeah uh you should have an accountant a financial planner you know, the people think they're the same, but an accountant is your scorekeeper yeah. and your financial planner is going to tell you what plays you can make with your money to uh, make you have more money where the accountant scores you higher mm-hmm. and the and the opposing team is the IRS. Yes, you're absolutely <laughs> the government. Right. <laughs> and so what you want is you want to keep the most of your money because through your charitable contributions, <laughs> you can do more good than what the government, which, you know. Yes, 100%. Now I've just explained corporate, <laughs> what happens with corporate wa- welfare. and <laughs> But that's a whole nother level. So on that note, I'm going to brag about my business partner for a moment. Um, he doesn't get a lot of credit from me, but in this particular realm, he's going to. So we, you brought about taxes. And at the end of the year, you have this service plus of money you may not actually have that money but the government on paper is like well you're either going to owe us 30,000 in taxes or you're going to spend $30,000 on some tax deductible shit of yes. some sort right and so we kept 
doing as business owners. We've done this for 12 years now. We, we revisit every year. Where are we going to donate our money? So eventually, we sort of started getting to the point where we're like, we don't want to give all of our money to one thing. We, we give a little bit here and there. But we decided to, um, well, I should say my business partner really decided he wanted to open a nonprofit to help. We have a mental health crisis in our industry. Yes. There are tattooers and piercers alike are very passionate people and they don't always come from the most stable home lives. And there's a lot of suicide, uh, in our industry. And so Brian wanted to create a nonprofit where we just pay for therapy for piercers. So we donate money to this now it's, it's called heal this way, but he (laughs) created this nonprofit so that we just dump money into that and pay for piercers therapy. So he has covered, I think, almost like 30 therapy sessions for piercers now. That's so incredible. Yeah, it's That's super awesome. cool that he's doing that. Um, so I'm excited. Big to shout out about that. Yeah. 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 I'm excited to continue donating to it. It's his nonprofit that he started. He has a, it's a 501c3 called Heal This Way. The Heal This Way Foundation.com is his whole thing. But we raise money to donate to piercers therapy. That's amazing. Piercers don't have a lot of good healthcare access in our industry, mm-hmm. and obviously, you can even have healthcare and still not have good mental healthcare access. So, what he did is he partnered with BetterHelp, the online therapy. Yes, and so he pays BetterHelp. BetterHelp does the therapy online, so they can do access it from anywhere they nice. are located. So they do the BetterHelp therapy, and then Brian pays the bill. I, I've heard a lot of good things about BetterHelp as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so. they they do the therapy on their own schedule whenever mm-hmm. it's convenient for them. If they don't like their therapist, they just click a button and they get a new yeah, therapist. My son uses BetterHelp. So much easier than locally. If you don't like your therapist, you're you're kind of SOL. You have to wait on a three month waiting list to mm-hmm. get in another one just to find out if you like them or not. Um, you know, BetterHelp has a good system where they set people yes, up. Yes, and, and usually, can... and a lot of times, talking through like phone or you know whether it's a video chat or whatever, you'll expose more of yourself, I think, than sitting in front of someone face to face a lot and having somebody write notes or even Mm -hmm. if they're keeping notes when they're on the phone. Mm -hmm. The environment too, your own Mm -hmm. personal environment, you're Mm going to be more relaxed in than some stuffy office. Yes. That has, you know, Walmart artwork on the walls. (laughs) Correct. Correct. It's true. So you can be a little bit more real and actually get help without feeling that judgment and everything. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. So now, so you're community minded. Tell us a little about your community work. Oh my goodness. And outreach besides the better help. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, it, it, kind of covers a lot of different things. So Ash and I, you guys had Ash Mac on here before. Mm-hmm. We do a little bit of, we do workshops and retreats to just help other, I hate to say women because everybody's invited, but it tends to be women that come to us, but it's women that are looking to just level up in their spiritual journey and in their self-love. It's a place that is created to be a safe space for exploring all things kind of, we're going to say esoteric subjects like witchy type of things. We talk about astrology or tarot or um, just learning your intuition. We want to raise women up in their power. Like we have a collective power that we don't talk about enough. And so yes. we like to do that in rooms filled with other I talk about it so much that I'm uh, branded a misandrist now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, okay, whatever. I'm not anti-man. Right. You know? right. 
I just realized it's definitely that, time for the matriarchy. They've they've had it long. Yeah, enough. it's a circle. Yeah. I it is a that circle. We used, to be, time. we used to be running the world, and mm-hmm. then yes. they switched the things. They switched it on us, <laughs> and it's time <laughs> to take it back. Yes, and didn't do a great job. No, with it nope. as well. So nope. had they been doing a great job, we'd all be happy. Yeah, we'd be. And at there home wouldn't cookie. be a problem. We'd be baking cookies and leaving you know? everybody alone. But. Or when we have a good compromise where we're both okay and still neither one happy, that may be okay as well. But yes, and there's nothing wrong with being at home cooking if that's what you want to I do. Yeah. You do that. You do that. But you know, some of the decision making, we need to stop this whole uh, because our hormones fluctuate with the moon cycles. That somehow you're inept. Oh right. if anything because our hormones fluctuate with the moon cycles we are more empowered to be we're more connected yes yes they don't want you to know they don't want you they don't well don't you know i might be having a bad cramp day and therefore push the button (laughs) just because you know so that, <laughs> that comes to they they say man created the calendar you know they're always implying it was a man that did the thing but the calendar was in a cave the 28 day scratch and somebody was like why the fuck would a man be concerned about a 28 day cycle hmm yeah so yeah. the women are the ones that invented the modern day calendar yes <laughs> well correct you know and it was all supposed to be 28 days mm-hmm. we would have yeah. 13 perfect months if right. they were all 28 days long mm-hmm. it would be broken up into 13 but 13 is an unlucky number right and somebody <sighs> decided oh we need to switch this up a little bit yeah yeah it's never really been an unlucky number for me so me neither me either i don't know i have a 13 <laughs> tattooed on my foot there you go it feels very Taylor Swift. <laughs> feels very Swifty. <laughs> Are you a Swifter? Well, so unrelated, yes. <laughs> unrelated. I love I it. I guess I said that like it was something bad. I didn't no. mean to, but um, it feels very Swifty. No, I just it's don't a very think I can. Tattoo shop thing to have a lucky thirteen tattoo. Oh, there you Friday go. The 13th. Cool. Oh, well, I was go. watching a video and. Um, I'm sure you've heard this before, but it, it was a woman who said that she was afraid of crowds. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she went to a Taylor Swift concert and the majority of it was women. And she realized that she wasn't afraid of crowds. She's afraid of men. She's afraid of men. Yeah. And just, and well, I can't blame her. We just did, I just did a ladies night at South Press. That this was a great evening. Saturday. Your performance That's right. you was were, fantastic. Oh, thank you. The energy in that room Mm -hmm. and the energy that we had backstage where it was all just women coming together and just enjoying each other and enjoying the show. One of the best shows I'd ever been to. Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10. And we're going to continue to do that. That's cool. That's awesome. It was a good evening. Every performer was killer. I mean, Amanda Black is that bitch. It was incredible. (laughs) Um, all of you all were amazing. I haven't Amanda seen is Violet perform amazing. in a long time, and mm-hmm. I really enjoy. I always enjoy that. And, and Violet has grown so much oh, in yes. her performance. As I mean, I would expect her to do. She was mm. just a baby when we met, mm. but 
the growth that she's had. Even before, um, you know, shout out to Violet, because even before the show started, she was working the floor. She was out there, Mm -hmm. you know, telling everybody, hey, it's nice to see you here. I'm thankful you're here. Thanks for coming. Mm -hmm. She was doing the right things. And I was just so impressed with her professionalism. And I was so happy to see women of a mature age there. Mm -hmm. It was a wildly diverse crowd, even though it was only women aligned people. Mm -hmm. The crowd was still very diverse Mm -hmm. in terms Mm -hmm. of like it wasn't even all lesbians, which is like kind (laughs) of the the theme was like every every walk. It was great. I didn't even look at it that way. Like I didn't. I would just it's ladies night. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. I guess it was Jocelyn's like, oh, I'm so gay. I'm so gay. This is so hot. I'm so gay. (laughs) And, you know, for me, I'm like, hell yeah, me too. (laughs) You talk about an amazing host. Yeah. And keeping everybody's energy up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jocelyn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's so funny and witty Mm -hmm. and. She just is a natural. I want her to do comedy so bad. She's like, no, she doesn't. (laughs) She doesn't think she'd be great. I'm like, whatever, you would be great. I mean, it's one thing to not want to do it because you don't like it, but Mm -hmm. don't don't not do it because you don't think you're good at it. She's amazing at it. We were Mm -hmm. all in the back being like, she should do stand up. (laughs) Mm Yeah, you say that till you go to terrible open mics. I feel so bad because uh, Caddy and... um, my brain is not working. Kelly came out to see me last night, and it was Brandy Augusta's supposed to be her birthday show, and it was a horrible open mic situation at Aww. Corner Lounge. It was so not fun. And it was Aww. just like, I feel so bad for y'all to be here, because it was all comics except for them, and they were back at the bar at the Corner Lounge, and the stage is way up there, so it was like, mm. I think being anyway. in a room full of comics would be great. Yeah, they're not. They're miserable. It's not the same. It is not the <laughs> okay, same. Yeah. Same. you. I mean, it's fun when you're hanging out and smoking weed and cracking jokes with each other, but not to be in front of each other performing. Mm-hmm. You don't write for comics. Fair. Yeah, you write sure, for sure. the audience. Comics are not kind of buy tickets to your show. Mm-hmm. Comics no, are they not expect coming to, you. to see you. They are competition at best and... <laughs> narcissist it's their time at worst and so they're just waiting for you to get off stage so they can get on so yeah it's not you know it's not the cool I mean it is a cool environment it's weird it's fine when you're not on stage yeah I I feel like I I can I can hear what you're saying every personality I feel like each industry I mean like the glitter tribe is definitely its own unique thing in the performance world and that's drastically different from like when different groups of queens get together and I feel like every performance avenue has their own oh yeah for sure it's all high school and it's just what table are you sitting at at the cafeteria it is legit every every performance group it's oh okay so you know (laughs) every single one it because we're all look at me look at me and we're just doing it differently yeah but I just felt bad because sometimes mics are great and lightning in a bottle and the audience is there and with it and it's a fun time and it just wasn't but school's back in people aren't out yeah it's a slow time all yes. over town for every business everyone it always is fair the fair week mm-hmm. leading up to the week of the fair the week after the fair yeah it'll start picking up again as october rolls around it will because halloween always brings mm-hmm. out i'm always out of town like i'm always leaving on vacation at this time of year because mm-hmm. it's not yeah you know 
So. That's smart. This is the time of year I should be going on vacation. Mm-hmm. Well, I did just get back from vacation. I was about okay. <laughs> that was my my yes. next question. I forgot already. You're also an avid traveler. I love to travel. I don't have mm-hmm. kids, so that's the way I spend my personal income. That's amazing. That's I awesome. Have yeah. experiences. My mom taught me to travel. She was in the military. She was an army brat, so you know, her being in the army, she was always in a new location. So as a kid, I was always getting gifts from different parts of the world. So I always had an interest in traveling. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just got back from New York. I had a great time in New York City. We saw three different Broadway shows. I saw Sweeney Todd and Harry Potter. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. it was good. It's very nice. Um, I want to hear about your Africa trip. Oh my gosh. So my last trip to Africa, I have been to South Africa, well, I've been to South Africa three times and I've been to Tanzania. So I've been to the continent of Africa four Mm -hmm. times. And this last trip, we went on 18 game drives. It was the most incredible thing because I'll tell you, my first three trips to Africa were photography based, but I was working. So the first trip I was working AIDS clinics, like I was volunteering, I was hands in the, in the dirt. And um, my second trip there, I was documenting a well digging for a boys school. So again, I was hands in the dirt working. So it wasn't like relaxing. I was on the job. I had, I was doing photojournalism work, so I had to cover specific things. But just getting to relax on an open top Jeep in nature was not something I had a lot of time to do. I had had little, you know, one day adventures while I was on these big trips. Well, I volunteered in 2017 for four weeks on a game reserve, and that was also volunteer work. So we were digging in the dirt. We were literally pulling weeds, chopping down pine trees with machetes. It was crazy. And that still wasn't as, like, relaxing, and it wasn't the kind of enjoyment that I wanted from a photographer's standpoint. And so this last trip, I went with a group of Canadians. Um, There was, like, six of them. And we went on 18 game drives. So I was just sitting in an open top Jeep for two weeks looking at animals. And it was the most incredible spiritual experience for me. It was exactly what I needed because I've put my camera away for a couple of years and I haven't been doing a lot of photography. And I brought my camera out for these two weeks and just photographed. I, I saw I could cry. I saw the most amazing scenes because typically a person gets like one afternoon and you see what you see. You might see a lion. You see plenty of elephant. You see a, a few zebra or maybe a giraffe. But because we went on 18 different drives, I saw three cheetah attack a group of eland. I saw a leopard climb up a tree with an impala and her two babies climb up and i mean we saw some amazing things and i just it was incredible it was that's amazing yeah and did it did you ever were you like oh my gosh they will eat me did you feel that way at all so it's funny um when i was in provincetown a week ago with my friend she was shark diving and i'm like this is not the way i want to go out i am not gonna die by shark i'm not i'm not doing it but in africa like i'll go by lion you're I'll, like that's I'll, fine that's the coolest story like yeah. let, let me die <laughs> let an elephant trample me and that be my my legacy but just the fact that a cheetah an impala is like your size <laughs> i mean you, <laughs> right. you're you're tinier than that and they're just like i'm just gonna drag you up a tree yeah you know it's nothing that you you know so all no, right. I, I have it's not that I don't have a fear. I have a healthy um, <laughs> respect for animals and the space yes. that we need to give them. Um, even local wildlife like bears. I have a healthy respect for for them. But if I had to go out that way, 
Yeah. Did you go yeah. on night rides yeah. as well? Yes. That's so what many. I'm curious about. We saw about. Caracal. We saw those little, um, what are they called? They look like rabbits, but they're like little kangaroo things. Like jackalopes. Oh my gosh. Kind of things. <laughs> we saw, so, I mean, yes, we went on lots of night rides. It, it's so peaceful and amazing. I've always wondered without the, the light pollution there, you know, how many stars and planets can you see? The Milky just, Way glows. Yeah. Yes, I mean, just, that sounds amazing. The Milky Way, you can absolutely see. I mean, it's purple and it's blue and it's green and it's just wrapping across the sky. It's amazing. I did some night photography a couple, um, my last trip. Not the not the recent one, but in 2017, I took some night photography of the Milky Way. And I was, I don't do astrophotography much. It was just playing around, but it was beautiful. But when you talk about spirituality mm-hmm. and knowing that you are just this tiny little speck in such a vast universe. Mm -hmm. So here's something else. We talked about the moon when you're in South Africa. Think about like the way the globe is shaped. And when we're facing the moon, when you're in South Africa, Mm -hmm. it's upside down. Mm -hmm. So to me, that was kind of spiritual too, because I've always looked up and see see the lady face. But when the lady face is kind of shifted a little, it's not completely upside down, but it's like shifted. And it, it, it makes you, your relationship to all of it kind of drastically change. That's so wow. we're not li- living in a filament. <laughs> Where do you want to go next? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I have a dream list. Um, I still want to go to Santorini, Greece really badly. I want to spend a little time in the Mediterranean. My mom is a sailor, so she has been sailing the Mediterranean. Um, and she oh, wow. taken lots Very of cool. She's trying to get me to sail with her, but I'm not interested. <laughs> you, you, you don't like the idea of being on the water? She or will a pirate? Spend, she'll get Are on like a 40-foot catamaran. Yes, yes. I am. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing. I just don't want to die by shark, right? Like She yes. actually sent me a message once. This is the kind of relationship I have with my mom. She does a lot of dangerous things. My mother is a danger freak. She's a Sagittarius. She loves travel. She's always been in the army. And she does some really scary stuff in the army too. But she is not the type of person to be overly concerned with her safety. She's definitely not going to tell me she's unsafe if she's really – she's not going to exaggerate is what I'm trying to get at. So she sends me a message and she's in she's been sailing she's on the coast of Bimini she sends me a message with her location and she's like in case you don't hear from me or find us this is my last location and I was like what I'm getting this message like midnight I start kind of freaking out and I message her and she's like she had broken her wrist and her elbow and she's sailing (laughs) mind you with a broken wrist and an elbow and she's in hurricane waters and I don't know how much you know about Bimini but Mm -hmm. that's definitely shark water too She's like, she, she sent me a message saying, I'm not really sure if I'm going to make it like this might actually be my last, this might be it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so she sounds like a badass. She is such a badass. She's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> She's such a badass. She's super badass. But, um, anywho, that's kind of where I get my travel experience from is like, I don't want to die by sharks. So I'm not interested in doing these trips with my mother. She is, <laughs> she's going to Antarctica also. She invited me on this trip to Antarctica and I, I really want to go to Antarctica. Listen, Neptune is, was in retrograde. Like I'm not interested in water things right now. The astrology yes. is not leaning towards water being a good thing right it's leaning towards water being a problem i'm so. having the weirdest time right now where everything i have floated through and this over the last like three days i'm like an upside down world everything is backwards everything that usually works for me does not work mm. it's just a weird time right now so it's like great i'll There's just write it out we just had the um, new moon in virgo <laughs> 
which is like asking everybody to like reflect on what's really important to them. And Mm -hmm. if you're putting energy into things that aren't, shouldn't be your top priority, the universe is like forcing you to realign. Yeah. So that's a thing that's happening. But then we also have like Mercury in retrograde, which is communication problems across the board. It's like weird. Like my luck's off. Yeah. And the equinox is coming up. Someone took it. Yeah. So I'm just like, damn you witchcrafted. (laughs) (laughs) I rebuke your spell on me. Don't. I am rubber. I feel like. Return to center. I feel like, yeah, because I dragged witchcraft. (laughs) He heard my, heard our thing. I think they, he did a little witchcraft. Should I, sometimes I have to ask myself, like, I, I will put somebody in the freezer if they're causing me trouble. And sometimes I have to like, do I need to put myself in the freezer for a little while? Am Am I I in the freezer? Yeah. (laughs) Am I I in the freezer? (laughs) Sometimes I think I've been put in the freezer. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, so sometimes I feel like it's somebody else's bad juju trying to get in, and so I have a mirror on my not... front door for that reason. I have yeah. a mirror on my front wreath to return anything. That I used any to have gets bounced back. To my whole, all my entrance ways had mirrors. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to go back and little witchy tips. Put them down. Little witchy mm-hmm. tips. Black salt your doorways. Selling mm-hmm. out your window frames. <laughs> Did your mom raise you to be the independent, strong woman that you are today? No. You're- if we really want to. So I grew up with my dad. My parents got divorced. Okay. There's some some young trauma coming out. We're going to have a very short there. We session. love young trauma. <laughs> um, my parents met in the military. They were 20 and 24 years old. They were in jump school in the army. And my mom got pregnant. She was 20 and she was in jump school. She was jumping out of plane six months pregnant with me. She didn't know. And they divorced before I was really even much in the picture. Like they did the baby raising me together. But after that, they part ways. So I actually was raised by my father, who is also a badass in his own right. He's jumped out of like 400 planes. He's super cool. Um, but grew up with my dad. And my mom wasn't really in the picture because she put her career before everything. She was an army um, officer and she was traveling the world all the time and so she just she wanted to kind of live a child free life I think mm-hmm. she wouldn't admit that but I think she just always wanted to put her career first and I'm glad I got to see that because I got to see what a strong powerful woman does and I'm child free now so I think that perhaps my childhood trauma caused me to make my choices the way I did but um, I always wanted to like be independent and awesome like her and I wasn't going to have a child dragging me down <laughs> what's sad is they that do. she probably you know she didn't know or she maybe uh denied that she was pregnant with you for six months or whatever well, but you she don't know been. when you're under that kind of stress mm-hmm. like she was putting her body through a lot of physical mm-hmm. work like they were exercising you know all yes. day every day yes. and I think it's pretty it's not unusual when I was in basic training I didn't have my period the whole time it's not unusual for your body to just be like eh well, it's and you could good. still have them. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was four months pregnant yeah. before my body stopped having a period long yeah. enough for me to know that I was pregnant. Yeah. So, I mean, my mom was thin, so she wasn't mm-hmm. gaining a lot of weight and all that. She was working her ass off. She was losing everything. Yeah. But she was very healthy. That's the good thing. Yeah. It, I mean, that's the miracle, too. <laughs> I mean, because, wow. But I can but, handle some plane rides, I would say now. And they always say, honey, you were jumping out of planes before you were born. Yeah. <laughs> you there can you do go. anything. There you go. <laughs> True. The um, I, 
I don't think that it's fair. It's another unfairness that is put on women. You know, your childhood wouldn't have been bad that your mom wasn't around if the society norms had been like they were for dad. Yeah. Perfectly fine for dad to stay in the army and go out of town uh-huh. and be deployed elsewhere and to do all these things with yep. their career yep. and to become a major or, you know, yep. captain or whatever. I mean, it's fine for dad to be general or mm-hmm. admiral, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, mom, oh, so somehow you feel like a deficit and that's traumatic unless your dad was just told jerk face then that's the traumatic part oh, my dad was awesome so my dad was killer both my parents are really incredible in their own right like they just did different things right um my dad he decided to get out of the military so he could raise me and i have that's really admirable he did other things that were mm-hmm. really cool he ended up traveling the world for one of his jobs too and that was always really I'm, my parents traveled a lot and that inspired me to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me want to go to Africa. I've actually had readings, um, like past life readings and terror readings with people who have said that I have a karmic, like I have a, in one of my past lives, I have a lover from Africa and that's what brings me back. And they don't even know me or know that I've been there. They'll just say your heart is in Africa and you, you will want to keep going there. And I'm that's like, amazing. interesting, been there four times. <laughs> like, right. It's crazy. I, I also think, the motherland, so maybe yes. your heart is with mother too. Yeah. Well, know? I'm Ashkenazi, so my my ancestry is like Ukraine, Russia, mm-hmm. Poland, that whole area. So interesting. There's something cool. weird there. They the the past life person had told me I've had my past life reading done a couple of different times, but this particular person told me that. Um, we couldn't be together for some cultural reasons and then our lives ended weird. And that's why in my now lives, I'm looking for this person again, which is Mm. weird. That is wild. I don't like when people try to prophesize my life. Don't tell me what I'm doing. Don't tell me, don't put (laughs) seeds in there. Right. Right. (laughs) You want your own cultivate your own. Yeah. My, it's my story to write. So go ahead. I was just going to ask you what the future is. You've got your, you've got your hands in a lot of things. I do. Um, so the future, so I'm hoping to expand Born This Way a little bit. Um, my partnership with Brian may have a different look in the future. We're negotiating some different things. He has a very successful jewelry company. And so we're kind of negotiating how much more he wants to be involved with the studio. And um, so that may be in the future. I think um, real estate is something I would love to get more involved in commercial real estate because I have a passion for other business owners and I want to see people turn their ideas into reality. I want to see immigrants getting their business out of the garage and into a storefront. And I mm-hmm. want to see first generation entrepreneurs getting out of the attic and into a manufacturing mm-hmm. facility. And I, I just want to see that for people. I love it. I'm passionate about it. Um, I've made a lot of commercial real estate transactions over the years. We've had leases um, at our mm-hmm. old location and we own our place now. And I just want to see that for others. That's so I think cool. I'm going to expand my real estate. My broker wants me to get more experience in the re- residential world before I cross over into commercial, but I'm going to continue learning. I, I'm learning independently as much as I can. I listen to every commercial podcast that is out there. <laughs> so um, I'm hoping to get more into real estate as I, as I get older, but I'm also born this way as my first love. And as we expand, I'm hoping to just continue 
it's a really successful business model right now and I just want to continue. What are the it. obstacles in commercial real estate? Currently inventory. Um, that's the biggest. I'd say rates are another huge obstacle. Rates aren't great right now for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people are holding out waiting for <laughs> either better real estate opportunities to show up or rates to fall and make these opportunities seem more attractive. Um, so I think it's compounded. In Knoxville, are there just maybe a handful of uh, commercial property owners? Like, I see one name that stands out is the Mondays. Sure. You know, I, when you see uh, things out for lease, it's usually attached to a name, and that's one that I see a lot. There are some you big know. ones. You've got mm-hmm. Copiello, and you've got mm-hmm. By Monday, and you've got... Um, there's... There are some big names, but they've been here a long time. So, but I wouldn't say that it's necessarily unattainable, if that makes sense. Like we own property, um, you know, we own our yeah. business. Yeah. Um, we bought that. It was owned by some a couple that lived in Nashville, actually, and it was we bought the old Kelly Chiropractic building. So, for people who don't know where my business is currently located, used to be a chiropractic facility. There were eight doctors sharing that office, and they were renting from somebody in Nashville. So, we bought it from the people in Nashville. Um, I think that there are a lot more smaller business owners than get credit for. Like there our old property on Meadowbrook Pike got bought by a local couple who owned the laundromat that also shared the lot. So I see a lot of that happening. I think, um, getting in when you can as early as you can is always key. So the people who are selling for a lot of money now, they've been in it for 30 or 40 years. They didn't just turn it over that quick. Now, granted, we had a really big peak in the last few years. So people did make a lot of money, but it's all anything in real estate is all about the long game and it's all about holding for a long time. Now that's mm-hmm. just kind of a general rule. So anybody, the names that you hear are people who bought like Bob Monday owns a lot of South Knoxville, but there's actually a lot of other, there's a lot of independent owners throughout town. I think that this community is doing better than, we have our own problems. We have a housing crisis. We definitely need our wages as a community to come up. But there's a lot of money in Knoxville. There's a lot of money to be had. There's a lot of business mm-hmm. owners. There are a lot of people moving here with money, too, um, that's just growing that even more. So I think the problem is our inventory. That's our biggest challenge. There has to be something available for people to buy. And the problem is there are more people wanting to buy than there are places to buy. And that's in residential and commercial, really. Prices aren't necessarily the problem. It's the inventory that we're having a hard time with I just see where I'm from and I'm from Powell so you see you assume that the Baileys Mm -hmm. own everything yeah in Powell just by the signs that you see and everything Mm -hmm. so I was just curious Mm -hmm. about that are there just in different parts of Knoxville is there one conglomerate that pretty much owns all of it there are different areas where there are people who have heavily influenced the property buying in those mm-hmm. areas for sure they have big portfolios and like, like i said they've been there for you said they've been yeah. there for a long time Bob Monday so has a big portfolio the slimans yeah. they had a big portfolio but he mm-hmm. just the older um gentleman he just passed away and so his portfolio is being sold off little mm-hmm. by little and you can look at it on the auction website you know he'll sell there's four rental houses for sale in a group another four for sale here and there um so you're what I think we're going to see is a generation that is actually passing. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes available to the next person who buys it. And as long as they're prepared to buy it. 
which we have a no shortage of purchasers. We have plenty of people mm-hmm. who want to buy property. So um, like in the Monday's case, I think he's also on on his way out health wise uh, in terms of just how long people are going to own. They're either going to hand it down to their kids and their kids are going to decide if they want to keep it or sell it. Mm-hmm. Right. I think you're going to have a lot selling just mm-hmm. because they don't want there the hassle or they just don't, you know, I guess it just depends. There are it's key weird. developers in, in this town, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's any any city, any town there. But there are key developers who have invested in and put the money in and bought up mm-hmm. all the property in certain areas, for sure. It's going to be hard in certain places of Knoxville because of, you know, like she said, West Knoxville, no having where a I'm shortage at, of money. It's all over the place. I'd say there's West Knoxville, where I'm at, is mostly chains, and they're all owned by people in New York, people mm-hmm. in Florida, people in Chicago. Yes, I mean, with the exception it of messes all the up so much property mm-hmm. uh, availability and everything. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. sucks so hard. When we bought our building. We were in negotiation with the sellers and they had two other offers that were other people that weren't from here. So we actually won out because you were local. You know, yes, because people in New York, they're going to draw this out for as long as they can. They're going to have inspectors there. They're going to be going through their lawyers. They're going to be going through mm-hmm. this huge process because the investors are a group of people and they have their own due process. But they could sell it directly to us and we were ready to close. Nice. Yep. So being local has its own advantages, especially being a woman. We had a lot of disadvantages in the beginning, but even right now in residential, you know, foreclosures are going to be available for women and minorities before they're available to the public, before they're available to investors. So they want to give those places to minorities first. See, this is awesome. And I love that you're talking about that because I think there is definitely the idea that resources are not available and what the problem is and that the light that needs to be shed on is there are resources everywhere it's just if you don't know how to utilize them they're no good to you yes if you don't know how to use a ladder you could be next to a pile of ladders Mm -hmm. and have no idea what to do with it so Mm -hmm. there are resources we've got to teach people how to ask the right questions mm-hmm. to get what they need. 100%. And so, you know, if you can get that message out, you mm-hmm. got It's sad. We have to change how people think because they hear, well, I just can't do it anyway. And it isn't just self-limiting belief. It's we take these opinion type mm-hmm. journalistic mm-hmm. opinions as fact and it's not fact Mm -hmm. there are lots and lots of resources yes you do not know how to utilize them and you gotta get in touch with that and then there's none where some people need them Mm -hmm. so there are for entrepreneurs small businesses we used um score when we started our business so score is basically like the small business association group in knoxville they offer mentorship 
to small businesses. So we got hooked up with SCORE. They basically interview you. They find out what your business is about and they will find a mentor who has some sort of skill set that can guide you in the process. So they hooked us up with a mentor and that mentor took us through leasing, how to negotiate our lease to our benefit. Those were things that we didn't know going into business. We knew how to run a piercing studio, but we didn't know about getting into a lease and what Mm -hmm. our rights were and what kind of negotiations could be had, what to even look for in the lease that wouldn't benefit us. There were a lot of things he walked us through to help us. He owned a string of electronic stores in the past. So was was that, you know, do those skills align? Maybe, maybe not, but he had a lot to teach us. And um, SCORE will do that for you, and that's a free program. He looked over our business plan, gave us advice on how to change our business plan, things to relook at, we ways we could even reword our business plan to make our um, leases more attractive. I mean, it was really, really invaluable a free resource, free, 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 free resource to entrepreneurs. So if you're a small business owner and you're not utilizing the government's free resources, don't complain about what you are not getting, but you're paying a lot of taxes. The government is putting these programs in place to give you something in return (laughs) for that. That is the other thing that people do not understand. Even when you don't trust your government, it's not the government's money. It is the taxpayer's Mm -hmm. money. Yes. So resources you've paid for. You yes, you pay taxes. If you have ever worked and paid taxes, these are resources available to you. And the government has grants aplenty as well. Mm -hmm. Is how to write that up. And guess what? There's free resources on how to write a grant where you can get money. The problem is you might have to sit down and read. You know, Mm -hmm. 50 chapters on grant writing. That sucks, but you have to continue that education. Mm -hmm. And this is where uh, I think the misunderstanding, it's easy to be like, well, Gail just wants you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And it's like, no, I want you to utilize Mm -hmm. programs that are literally given to you. These are the... The problem is we're all playing this game of Monopoly, but nobody has read the directions. Mm-hmm. Nobody realizes. Well, they're that all playing their own game. They of, can do yes, Monopoly. They're yes. their yeah. And they're all playing their own. And the problem is, is when the government continually changes the rules to make it harder for you to play. Yes. This is. This, these are issues. So you got on that point of pulling up your bootstraps. And I think it's a fine line of like, I recognize that there are privileges available out there and there are some struggles out there that yes. make it harder for certain people. I absolutely recognize that. But to your point that everything is solvable and if to be a good business owner, you have to have the mindset that everything is solvable. Yes. Everything is solvable because if you don't have that mindset going into business, trust me, there's going to be a time where your plumbing is fucked up or your electrical or something, or you you have a client that wants to sue you or you have a mm-hmm. better business bureau, you know, complain, or there's going to be some random thing that you think is not solvable at some point that you is going to break you down. So it, this is good practice to know that whatever barrier you think you have, you can overcome it in some way. Yes. And to know the bigger barriers you think you have, there's probably a grant specifically for you 
Like yes. every problem yes. that you think you're running into, there's probably a grant to solve your problem available. Mm-hmm. There's because there's somebody like us that's doing this, you know, the work in the government to say like there are women out there who need help. There are, you know, black owned businesses out there that need help. There are trans people out there that need help. There are people out there that are wanting to give you help. Just mm-hmm. find out who those people are. Yes. And it takes some research. There isn't a fairy godmother. There's definitely not a fairy government grant godmother that's gonna come and do that and I have said core math is how to teach you how to do the mundane forms and triplicate it's for government jobs that's how (laughs) (laughs) it's because you're gonna have to um add then subtract then divide that and then add some more to whatever but it's it's going to be a process and some steps, but there's a good chance you'll get it because a lot of other people don't know to ask that question either. Mm-hmm. So you may have more resources at your fingertips just because other, the majority yes, don't know. Even if you don't think that you need, like I have a pretty successful business model. We don't necessarily need any grants to survive right now, but you should still practice looking to see what's available for your business regularly because like my business owner partner the other year he found that we were eligible for a grant to replace all of our light bulbs with led bulbs and that saved us we were spending so much money replacing mm-hmm. light bulbs they pop they go out all the time mm-hmm. as a business we were probably spending a hundred dollars a month in light bulbs we applied for this grant got all of our light bulb they they paid the electrical company to come in and change the fixtures yeah, to that, all led oh, wow. and so and they supplied our first round of led bulbs so we didn't have to pay for the fixtures or the bulbs and they saved us on our electrical. But it was all through the like the KUB. It was mm-hmm. all an electrical company. They just had these grants. They wanted businesses to get more energy efficient. And so look at things like that. If your business, you may not need new windows in your business, but you also may find that there's a grant for new windows and you could save on your heating bill for your business. Yes. And that will save you money. You don't realize you could save $300 a month on your heating and cooling, but if you take advantage of this because there are people that are like, oh, no, we need all these businesses to lower their energy rates. So they're putting out grants for this kind of and stuff. And what's right. wild are the big companies that have the money. They have people in a department who do nothing but research grants that mm-hmm. they're allowed to have to get more money mm-hmm. because they also pay taxes. Yes. So the thing is, the majority of these things have really been put in place for the little guy in quotes. Mm-hmm. But. Big corporations will use them constantly, yeah. but we got to know what is put in place for us to utilize mm-hmm. and people, you know, they just don't. And that's another thing. You don't have to do it all on your own. And so I think that's cool with your spirituality because your practice um, is very big about uh, negating those self-limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I find that very exciting, whereas a lot of other spiritual, you know, uh, there's a lot of spirituality that will put you in a box Mm -hmm. and limit all of your belief as well. So it's, I don't know, it's wild, but I do like that you practice, I, I, you know, within the, I say paganism, but within that it is a lot of, um, Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have self-limiting beliefs and it's amazing. That's wonderful that you can do it. And like you said, everything is solvable. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. Uh, 
and and you don't have to wait for an emergency either to get help like let's let's pre-plan some help yes how about that let's let's you know be radically self-reliant and pre-plan some things yes Uh, stuff has been on my brain ever since everything that happened with the coffee shop recently and I feel really bad about that person um I feel bad that such was lost and I get their heart but we also have to stop just assuming because you're marginalized you're good not everyone is good there's a lot of people who are you know very privileged and are good people Mm -hmm. and not you know and Mm -hmm. then there's a lot of people who are not privileged and are good people Mm -hmm. and wonderful people and then every now and again sometimes you just have not so good people Mm -hmm. and you can't just assume that Mm -hmm. they're good and going to continue to do the right things because they've literally had no consequence Mm -hmm. to elicit any type of change for them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever you know and I don't know their story and definitely I just I'm just feel so bad because it's like I know that there are some resources but I also know that that was a bad deal and you shouldn't you shouldn't just accept it Mm. in my opinion yeah just my opinion yeah yeah is nothing I just what does precedent does that sound extreme responsibility is something that I like to carry through in business owning especially Mm -hmm. but in life in life in general Mm -hmm. extreme responsibility is a practice of not I mean I'm not going to say it's as easy as not blaming others but we so often like to look at external reasons because we want to soften our own ego Mm -hmm. this is the reason this happened to me it's some other thing but instead of focusing on the external we really need to take extreme responsibility for how we could have would have should have how could we have made it better how could we have made it easier what can I do with this information now that Mm -hmm. I know it because again there are no failures we either learn or we win and if we're not winning we better be learning yes or we are failing Right. And so it's you can't be afraid of the failures, but you need to learn each time. And that requires extreme responsibility of saying, what could I have done better and how can I change this in the future? Mm -hmm. What do I need to do to make this not happen again? Yes. What do I need to do to overcome this so I can maybe stop relying on some of the resources I'm relying on? You know, Mm -hmm. that to me as a business owner, I have to be the final say in so many things that sometimes even when it comes to employee relationships, I have to ask myself, could I have done better by this employee? And maybe they were a total shit. Maybe they were late all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. But could I have done a better job of communicating their boundary and, res- and expectation of being on time? Maybe. Maybe I could have, you know, enacted a, a stronger policy sooner. Or, you know, you just always have to be reflective of why. And there are situations where, yes, it's the other people, but what could you have done? And I think that is just a good practice as Mm -hmm. a person, but also a business owner. I think we get into the mentality of um, not everybody was raised like you. So you kind of assume that people know not to be late, Mm -hmm. you know, or, Mm -hmm. you know, know not to take money. Right. Yeah. You assume that those things that they've been instilled with those kinds of ethics Mm -hmm. yes but you just have to remember that not everybody was raised by you and but maybe maybe by some strange chance they didn't know that right 
that well, it wasn't okay. If you don't set set out clear boundaries, especially yeah. as a business owner, if mm-hmm. you don't tell everybody who works under your care exactly what you expect of them and don't expect from them, then you can just guess they're going to work outside. They're going to draw outside the lines. So you have to draw the mm-hmm. lines very clearly. Yes. I think sometimes that's hard too. Mm-hmm. I think that that's another thing with should you own a business, should you not have a business? How good are you with no? Sometimes no is the answer, mm-hmm. you know, and this is why a lot of we have a lot of problem with men in general is somehow we've told them no is not an acceptable answer. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy. And you hear that in business, too. No, mm-hmm. there's no, no, you know. And so but sometimes, yeah, sometimes no is legit. The mm-hmm. answer, yep. period, yep. <laughs> you know, yep. <laughs> so I don't know. I can't solve all the world's problems. I've tried, doggone it. <laughs> I've had staff members, you know, innocently do things that weren't profitable for the business. Let me put it that way. And they do it again. It's innocent. It's their intention is never bad, but they just, because I wasn't clear about what my boundary as a business owner is, they see me take a box of gloves home. They think they can take a box of gloves home. Well, wait, I bought all those gloves. So yes. I took a box home because I wanted a pair of gloves, but they were taking them home to stuff their turkey for Thanksgiving and all this other stuff. I had to be very clear with my team, like taking supplies is taking from me. So don't take supplies. They didn't know that they didn't. It mm-hmm. wasn't even like, because I assumed mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> that yeah, they knew, yeah. they knew that. But again, you have to be, you have to set really clear boundaries and you have to always be taking extreme responsibility for where were you in this, in this hand? Did you communicate what you expected of this person and what was not okay and okay? Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. It is. It's yes. And then you even brought you really you get in trouble for that for setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, you can if yeah. you if you're surrounded by the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that good relationships come with good boundaries. Mm-hmm. And oh I my think- gosh, you told me no. Well, I can't I can't possibly be your friend anymore. Right. You, you know? don't like me because you yeah. told me no. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's that crazy. Good it's like, no, I love you. <laughs> but no's the answer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, for the most part, everything is yes till it's not, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like whatever. Yeah. But anyway, I get it. I have had to really work hard because I am the worst. I'm luckily really good or you know I could be slipping it's been a little while now (laughs) but um really good at my craft terrible about being on time I've robbed so many people of so much time it's not even funny (laughs) like I have to work for myself or I would be fired sometimes I want to fire myself but I have (laughs) since the reset from the pandemic it's a struggle but I've been really working hard at being on time and staying on task and a lot of that's my attention deficit and I just set alarms now and I have to Mm. do it I just gotta drop and stop and also like you were saying with your time compartmentalizing your things yes I can no longer talk to people about comedy when I'm getting ready for hair or I get you know yeah well, that we haven't is, talked about that on the podcast yet, but that is something that we were talking about before we started the podcast is oh, like compartmentalizing yes. each thing. Because if you're involved in comedy and you're involved in hair, those are not the same thing. They're not At the same all. mindset. You have to prepare a different way. Yes. And oddly, though, I can my square is Gail Grantham cutting up. And so that way I can use it. Works it works for both. For That's, both. Good. That's great. <laughs> so, oh, what a good brand. That's good. My, for my business part of it. And then that way I can, 
manage that part, but I cannot book appointments and my comedy schedule at the same time anymore. Mm-hmm. You you know, there is a lot. I'm, I'm having to refocus all of that, and it's extremely difficult. I mean, it's one thing when you're clocking in, Mm-hmm. And you know they're going to fire you. They'll slide <laughs> in and do whatever. But I have had what sucks is because of the art form of it, I got away with it forever, too, because it was like, well, they literally, I worked at a department store, hair salon, and they never made me clock in. My oh. boss would just write my time in. He was mm-hmm. like, I'm just writing your time in. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is enabler. terrible. Enabler. A terrible enabler. <laughs> yes. Yes. Had he fired me and I probably would not, I would work doubly hard at being on time, you know, but yeah, I got away with it way too long. So mm-hmm. now it's like, ugh. so that is the thing though. Now working hard at getting that better. Good. We're like an hour and a half, I guess. Yeah. Right, so we're wrap up. Yeah, we do. Um, April. We talked about what her future was already. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this because you've given me Uh-oh. you've given me a lot of wisdom. Um, just in the past week. What are three pieces of wisdom that you would like to give our audience to enrich their lives? Yes. I love that question. Okay. I was not prepared to answer this, well, so I'm just going to pull out yeah. what comes to yeah, my heart absolutely. first. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the first thing is therapy is for everyone all the time. It's for every person. You don't have to be a crazy person to see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean you're broken. Therapy is for everyone. Um, I want to see the therapist that sees the therapist, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's real <laughs> yes because everyone needs somebody to talk to and yeah. you gotta unload that on somebody and you shouldn't be doing it to your partners and friends <laughs> if y'all only knew how many therapists <laughs> no I'm just kidding <laughs> like my therapy situation <laughs> right I mean that's the same in tattooing people come in and they mm-hmm. unload on our tattooers and our piercers they their whole life story they're all therapists mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they actually, are that's I their mean, first job second job is the art first job is the listener ear yes <laughs> um so that's the piece number one uh I already said the other one repeatedly but we there is no such thing as failure you either live or learn I think it's important to embrace failures. I've learned that from Sarah Blakely is the founder of Spanx. She talks about it a lot on her, um, on her Instagram and in Forbes magazine and all those magazines she's been. And she talks about how her father raised her to, they would sit around the dinner table and they had to talk about three failures from the week or a failure from the day. And if they didn't have something, they'd have to like come up with something like, what did I mess up? What did I mess up and learn from today? That was like, so it became a positive thing for them to like come up with what they failed with that they were like proud of their failures Mm -hmm. and becoming proud of your failures is what actually will keep you moving in life versus being afraid to fail and avoiding failure. And when you do fail, you're hard on yourself. Like it's just a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. So that's the second piece. The third piece, uh, People over profit, always. Profit nice. will come if you put your people first. Yep. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean being stupid about your finances and this and that and the other, but it's just knowing that when you plan and put your people first, uh, the universe will repay you. I truly believe that. I believe that as well. I do too. I've had that mind, and I'm trying to teach my girls that mindset of we just come into a little bit of extra money, just a little bit. 
So it seems like when you come into a little bit of it, that's when the people come out of the woodwork. I need this. I need this. I need this. And I was kind of grappling with, well, should I help this person again? I've helped this person twice before. Should I help them again? And yeah, I have to have the mindset of, I'm going to get it back. It doesn't matter. You know, all right, this is nothing. I didn't have it before. Money comes and goes. People right. stay. Right. Mm-hmm. So give it. If they did something nefarious with it, that's not on you. That's on them. But you will get that back. That the money. Yes, for sure. Apartment. You just have to decide at some point, are you actually helping them? Yeah. You right. know, yeah. a lot yeah. of time. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Like it didn't help me that, you know, well, Gail has an issue, you know, now granted it may be something genuine, like bad attention deficit where I cannot help myself, whatever, you know, but early it would have trained me my learn, you know, back in the old days, instead of your learning or winning, it was like, if you didn't listen, you had to feel, Mm -hmm. so you'd feel the consequence Mm -hmm. of whatever you did that you didn't catch. So, you know, I like the, you're winning or learning much better Mm because it's not a, it's not a negative. Yes. Yeah. It's not a negative. People get hung up on the negative, but there are times though, when people, Oh gosh, I hate the word entitled, but people become entitled. I have a friend who happened to, they've worked their whole life. They're my age. So, I mean, a little older husbands turn 60 next week or whatever, and they have worked really hard. He has his own business. They have paid off their house that they've had like 30 years paying the mortgage on time, doing all the things they're supposed to do on time. And they have a rental property down the um, way from them. And they've just had a lot of stuff happen with storms and trees and whatever. But uh, the person down the place, when they first came there, they worked, you know, they've kept the rent really cheap for them. Now this person doesn't work. They just have a couple of roommates down there paying the cheap rent and they have given them until like January to, you know, vacate now. Mm-hmm. So they're giving them like over three months and they told them like a month ago. So they've had plenty of time to go. And this person was just like, well, dang, man, you'd think that since you paid off all your property and all, you'd give us a break, like you'd give us a break on the rent or whatever. And it's like... I've already, you moved in with zero deposits. I've, you know, you've lived here for a few years now. You've had all of this, but it's like this weird entitlement. Yeah. Because they've worked hard and paid off their stuff somehow. They're, (laughs) you know, they are responsible for these people. And if that one person just worked a full-time or part-time job, they would, out of the three in the household they would be doing even better but it's like why would you even need that so sometimes you enable and you continually what you're doing is you're training people that their bad behavior is okay there has to be a give for every get and that's just in life for everything i believe that in witchcraft yeah that's a law of attraction you have to have it what did you give up to earn whatever it is that you're asking the universe for yes there has to be a give for every get 
I have mm-hmm. to give to my employees to get work out of them, right? Yes. Like it's the same thing in the universe. You have to give the universe something in order for it to give you back something. Yes. But to just assume that because your buddies are doing well, well, right. this is what happens whenever you get a little bit of extra that the universe has given you. Right. If you have someone and your heart is good and good for you for continuing to help that person, but what shift mm-hmm. have they made yeah. that they they just keep coming over and over to the well because the well's not dry Mm -hmm. as long as you have something good going on then you get that you know um you can give to both of y'all's detriment Mm -hmm. is what can happen and that isn't to say you know oh you're terrible for helping somebody. Sometimes somebody needs, like you say, it takes them more turns to learn, Mm -hmm. more turns to learn. Mm -hmm. But eventually that's when no has to be the answer, Mm -hmm. but you can pat it out a little beforehand. You know, you can say, Hey, in so many months, I may not be able to Mm -hmm. provide this for you. And then they're, Oh, well, you know, I thought you'd always be providing this for me. You've always been so consistent Mm -hmm. with how you have taken care of me. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so eventually each individual person has to realize that they also have to participate in their own rescue. Extreme responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What can you do to better oh. your own situation? Yeah, we mm-hmm. just circled right back. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's what we talked about in the beginning. Mm-hmm. April, this has been a pleasure. I love you. And too I would so love thank you, you to so come much back. for being on. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to hang out with y'all. I really look up to both of you. Oh, wow. You're both beautiful, <laughs> strong women. Oh, thank you. That's what a kind compliment. Thank you <laughs> so much. I'm going to leave with maybe a little fourth word of wisdom, and I've seen a lot of this this week. Um, number one rule, it's the number one rule in BDSM when we talk about relationships and we talk about, uh, dominant and sub dynamics is you have to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. At when doing anything, Mm -hmm. because if you don't take care of yourself, you cannot take care of somebody else. I struggle with that so much and that's the truth. Yes, it is. 100%. It is. But that's kind of funny to me because it's you seem like the person that you are number one because you do give so much out to so many well I appreciate you thinking that I like to so this morning my girlfriend and I are brushing our teeth together and she spits in the sink and she looks at me and she says okay listen today you're gonna drink a glass of water on your way to this podcast you're gonna make sure you eat lunch on your way back right (laughs) see how great I was like spit out my toothpaste and I was like yes <laughs> so like I now you know I'm going <laughs> yeah. through wherever and I'm getting something <laughs> right. for lunch <laughs> but like so that's to that point is like I don't always put my own needs before everybody else's I struggle mm-hmm. in that I think a lot of women struggle with that in general I try mm-hmm. to balance so I'm glad that it comes across it reads as though I put myself mm-hmm. first because I want to lead by example in the best way but the truth is behind closed doors I don't always put myself first I'm always struggling with myself care if I take time to take a bath and relax it is because I'm that bad like I'm mm-hmm. that beyond where I probably should have taken a bath and soaked and relaxed two mm-hmm. days prior you know what I mean and we well, have to stop telling people especially women that it is selfish to think of yourself first and yes. to have that self-care 
Yeah, I yeah. agree 100%. <laughs> we have to. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you right now, women, take care of yourselves. It's yes, and it's if you're not a crime, still self-care is important <laughs> and give your partner space for self-care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, make make self-care your ritual. It needs to be your ritual, absolutely. Even if it's 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So Mm-hmm. And self care yeah. is different for everybody. Self care is totally yes, different for absolutely. everybody. And you yeah. have to find what works for you. And I think people get lost on that journey. I think people get lost trying to figure out what is self care to them because it's not bubble baths to everybody. Correct. It's bubble baths for me because I can close the door, soak, I can relax, I can take some mm-hmm. deep breaths. It's a bubble bath to me, but it might be an exercise run for somebody else. It might yes. be a run around the, the Correct. Block. It's whatever brings those endorphins where your mind body and spirit can operate as one even if it's five minutes even if it's 15 minutes where you are completely in sync with yourself and the world wherever it feels whatever feels good to you yeah so yeah i think and go outside and ground yeah take your freaking shoes off and go outside i am barefoot all the time i had to put shoes on like consciously like nobody wants to see my goofy looking toes <laughs> they do not but I don't care I am like I love dirt and being outside and sometimes I just go yeah. lay down in the yard it's weird no yeah. I do no. that too yeah I, so do that too. I live just... in the woods I do that all the time yeah <laughs> so I feel like we could talk about this on a whole another podcast yeah we absolutely yeah whole, we witch, do a whole witchy witch thing yes oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Because I feel like that's come full circle, you know, because I was I've said it before. I was raised pagan and then I went on a different path. And I just feel like uh, even though I still appreciate on the path, it's like other. Anyway, I'm (laughs) being spoken to my my spirit is being spoken to. And I know regardless to whatever. Anyway. Let's have a let's have a spiritual follow up. Let's do that. Yeah, we should do it. It would be it would be fun. So get Ash here. Yeah, too. And yeah, I love Ash. Yes, maybe we could do it outside. We We could record outside together. We meet every Monday and we get weird. We like. I need to know. Like (laughs) on, I need to go on one of these Monday meetings. I feel it's fun. We sometimes it's a random like let's pull some cards to decide what we're gonna (laughs) do. Did you just have your yearly retreat? So we so we had one last year, and then this year cabin prices were astronomical. Mm -hmm. So we've done a bunch of smaller workshops to make up for the retreat. But we actually have another retreat scheduled for May of next year we only have three tickets left out of the 12 oh wow yeah that's pretty so awesome we're so excited about it it's it's in the blue ridge mountains this time we have this mm. amazing cabin it is like really high end the luxury cabin um it's gonna be incredible we're planning the retreat right now we're we're so excited about what we have in store that's pretty cool what dates in may oh where's my i can phone? cut it out if you want we don't have to keep it in there it's like whatever the, the dates what? May 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th. Okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. 16th you. through 19th. So, how fun. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I just love you both, so I hope I can come back and hang soon. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be awesome. Where can people find you? Where, 
Usually at bornthiswaybodyarts.com. You can see my whole amazing staff on there and all the crazy things they're up to. Um, I also have my fine art photography on aprilthisway.com, but you can on Instagram, aprilthisway, and then I'm just April Thomas on Facebook. You can follow all my weird shenanigans. I love all your weird shenanigans. (laughs) Yeah, I just became your friend on Facebook. I am terrible with names and... (laughs) Reach it. I'm a, just bad. A I slacker. love that you're wearing mushroom earrings and I'm wearing a mushroom dress. I love I just that feel too. Like we were kindred spirits in the it mushroom is. day. It's, <laughs> I just wanted them today. I know they don't. Just the colors kind of blend, yeah, but yeah. it's it's fine. I said she looked very autumny. Yeah, autumn. she's very much an autumn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. My son is getting married next uh, week. Next weekend, October. The not this coming weekend, obviously, and. Uh, his fiance has set the color palette is all my colors. And she was like, well, you'd look good in this and you look so good in this. And I was like, honey, your whole entire color palette is my <laughs> colors. There's you know, literally throw me in anything. We're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah, so nice. It is nice. I'm looking for a emerald green Ooh, dress yeah. is what I'm looking for. Okay. But if it doesn't work, I'm going to do a burgundy. I will find you one. Mother of the groom situation mm-hmm. so we have less than a week ma'am i, I figured Done. i'd go hit some of our i arms. have an emerald green armani cape you could borrow if oh you wanted to gosh. just wear an armani cape it's, it's also it's beautiful <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> that sounds absolutely gorgeous <laughs> my cape is a um why is my brain not working for me I bought a bunch mm. of tree skirts last year and made them into capes. That's super cool. <laughs> Honestly. The ones from Christmas Marshalls with the fur and stuff? I, yeah, I went to TJ Maxx yes, and got I, a pink furry one. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That I could get behind so very soft. easily. So It'd be so easy to do. Because they're already hemmed. And the neck hole is the exact same size yeah. as the tree. Uh, yes. It's, it's so it's one of a, those. It's a like, Burberry. Hooking, the big hook and mm-hmm. eyes on there. It's my cape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's reversible. So Ooh. I can have the plaid on the outside and then. Oh, yes. It's black. Black. And then the plaid is like a black and beige, but not their classic beige, like off white. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. You'll see it, I'm sure. Yeah. At some point. <laughs> For sure. We're bringing the capes back. Yeah, I dig it. Mm-hmm. I. Hey, look, I'd love to see some of the most outlandish 70s fashion actually come back. Like men in platform heels and the whole just well, they're already kind of bringing back the hoochie daddy things. shorts, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, that's cool. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I try to get Danny to wear a pair, and he <sighs> poor Danny. He's not he's, going to. No, he's not. Though he'd look really good in them. So uh, what do you got coming up? Because you know, we're we're caught up. This is going to be out. Yeah. What do you got coming up? Uh, Other than the the wedding. The wedding of the year. Wedding. I've got a burn that I'm going to. I have uh, my dungeon shows are going to start being more prevalent and regular. Um, that's it. I'm kind of like I applied for some comedy festivals. Maybe I'll get in. Maybe not. I mean, you know, I'm not yeah. the new hotness, so I'm not, you know, it'll be whatever it is. I just don't. My well, I am the new there. hotness, so I will ride this train Do it. until my reign ends it's next so year. It's so funny how 
all those years it took to work to be the new hotness. That's what <laughs> right. that's what I find so funny. My overnight success only took now. I've been years. talking to new entertainers and the, and they're and they, I'm getting the gushing. You know yeah. now. Oh, you're so wonderful. And I was like. Oh, baby, it just took me 43 years to get here, you know. Right. Your time's coming, I promise. Yes. I promise. It's so wild. But I um, I dig it, just uh, getting more into me and then doing the comedies and the yep. hair stuff. I'm digging being back at work doing hair, too. Well, one thing I'm really excited about is Pride this year, and I am performing at Pride um, so, That's exciting. Yeah. I'm going to be going yeah. that whole weekend. You That's are. next You're, weekend as well as Pride. Yeah. Yeah. So Pride will be at World's Fair Park again mm-hmm. on October 7th. It's a three-day weekend, actually. Yes. So um, Friday, October 6th. Saturday, October 7th is the huge day. And then Sunday will be kind of a family chill day. And please come out and see everybody yeah. it's such a great wonderful experience i'm sad of that community coming to together volunteer. and i'm assuming you'll be there too yeah you would assume that i have no. a surgery on october 6th oh and goodness. i'm gonna be out for 10 weeks oh, my oh foot no laid up. i know i'm really i'm crushed i'm like heartbroken about well, it i know you'll be there in weekend. spirit i will be i'll be really sad that i'm not there um i i'm getting like a little knee scooter and i was talking like maybe but they're like you're gonna be so on drugs for like the first five days <laughs> they're like you're gonna yeah. be so out of it you're not even gonna be able to go <laughs> so well that's there. all gonna work out it will really, no it's gonna yeah. be great well, i'm gonna be back to back to normal it's a foot surgery it's super easy they're just moving my bones around it's not like they're doing anything with my internal organs so once yeah. I move my bones around a little bit, I'll be back to normal and I'll be in heels and doing all the things again. Yes. <laughs> well, how nice. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Do it. Nice. And to our listeners, um, we hope that you're enjoying uh, Drag Survivor right now. We hope that you're watching. We're going to put out another episode here in a little bit. Yes. And um, I was looking at our uh, stats mm-hmm. and we're doing really, really well in New Zealand. Again, <laughs> again, always. <laughs> they love us in New Zealand. They love New, us Zealanders in New Zealand. Get me is what it is. They get me. They're like, they do. She's secretly one of us. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, where's know. your next trip? Did you already say that? No, you... I actually don't have anything solidly planned. You asked where yeah. I wanted to go, and I have mm-hmm. Santorini on the top yes. of my list yeah. of places Greece. I want to see. But I'm actually, um, so I have some friends that also own other studios in the country, and we we travel together sometimes. We went to Maldives together last year, and so we're looking at maybe going to Bora Bora or... Like we're kind of de- we're all debating. We're all we all are in a group message and we're like volunteering our places. And one of us wants to go to Barbados, and one of us I want to go to Bora Bora. So we're all kind of debating on who's gonna win out. We went to Belize together earlier this year. How so. fun! I've heard it's it so nice. It's it was beautiful. We were on the island. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the furthest south in on this hemisphere mm-hmm. that I've been. I haven't done a lot of South America. When I when I was in my peak traveling, South America wasn't a super safe place for a blonde girl. To travel mm-hmm. alone there's a lot of kidnappings it's that happen still in kind of not, right? it is yeah. still kind of mm-hmm. not you know yes. i hate to be that bad publicity but that's really why i haven't traveled there much but i'm looking at a couple of like there's a really beautiful place in venezuela one of my artists is an immigrant from venezuela and he has some really beautiful pictures mm-hmm. of the beaches and he's recommended some places i go check out so i'm kind of like looking into that i want to go to bosnia Ooh, yeah croatia yeah Croatia, it, that's also on my list. Of, I just want to see, like, you know, all of the mm-hmm. 
Bahamas. I don't know. I'm going to the Bahamas. You'd be <laughs> in March. <laughs> yeah. In March. But you've been though. Yeah. It's the Bahamas. You know? It is. It is. And I've been. All so it's more the company. I'm going with one of my BMFs. It's easy to That's the important part. We're cruising it. Oh, okay. I'm not even sad about it. I'm like, let's do it. We're going to do all the dorky stuff that we can do. I'm going to try to do an open mic and do comedy on the cruise. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That is so great. Just stupid stuff. Yeah, we're just going to be two old ladies on a cruise. Love it. I love <laughs> it. limit for it. So it'll be fun. All right. Cool. All right. You going to sing with us? Okay. Yeah. Yay! I'm not a good singer, but I'm not. Well, we're not, not even. I am Look at that I'm right with y'all. Not even. <laughs> and the, the outro sings the intro. We thank you so much for listening to Gavin Girl Time. Gavin Girl Time. Gavin Girl Time. Remember to love yourself. Be yourself. Be yourself. <laughs> Ding. I'm over here, right? Ding, ding. I'm over here like... I'm a triangle. She's a gold ding. digger. <laughs> <laughs> goals, goals. Girl boss. No. Girl boss. <laughs> Girl boss. Girl dinner. Girl dinner. That's what that says. That's, that's what that says yes. to me. <laughs> Girl dinner. I have a handful of nuts up there. Not attached to any males. <laughs> Girl dinner. 